0: Hi, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from LFC Westlake, where we take time to listen and learn more about the messages we hear each week. I'm your host, Cesar Guerrero, and joining me this week to tell us more about his message, we have Aaron Gibson. So Aaron Gibson, we're glad to have you on the Tell Us More podcast. Thanks for being with us. Aaron Gibson is a pastor at Lake Forest Church Westlake. He studied undergrad at UCLA and completed his seminary degree at Fuller. But before we ask you to tell us more about your sermon, we want you to tell us more about yourself. So our research team did a little work and found out you have a love for Star Wars. Is this true?
1: I do, and thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on today. I'm really excited about this.
0: All right, so we want to know who is your favorite
1: Star Wars character and why. Caesar, that is a very hard question. Um, I got lots of favorites, but I think my favorite as of late has been Jyn Erso from
0: Rogue One. So for those of us who don't <laughs> know Star Wars that well, Jyn Erso they Sounds were hoping like i was weird, gonna
1: say r2d2 or something they might yeah, be thinking yeah, is yeah, that yeah. an alien yeah. is that a
0: robot so tell us who is jen urso
1: well okay so you gotta remember i grew up as a boy i saw the original star wars in the movie theaters and the very first star Wars scene i ever saw was of princess leia putting a, a floppy disk drive because that's what we called him back then into r2d2 with the secret plans to the death star and so then fast forward decades later I'm watching Rogue One with my kids, which is kind of like the movie that leads up to that moment. And the very last scene is Princess Leia putting this floppy drive into R2D2, and
0: it's like my whole life was complete
1: in that one moment.
0: So you finally got the backstory behind the story that really started it all.
1: Oh, it was it was awesome. So so Jin Urso is the hero of that story. It's because of Jen that they have those plans and i just i think what i like about jen is she's she's not a jedi she doesn't have any special powers uh she's just awesome and she she saves the day so i i don't know i i
0: i really like jen urso well cool we won't spoil the story so we won't tell you how she saves the day so if you're interested in watching that movie and getting excited as aaron does uh feel free to watch star wars rogue one after you listen to this podcast but thanks aaron for telling us a little bit more about yourself and your love for Star Wars. Um, so like I said, this is the Tell Us More podcast where we're learning more about the message, how it comes to be, um, what is behind the mind that gives us this um, this perspective on God's word every week. And so we're excited to hear um, you tell us more about this message. So to give us a little bit of a background as to where this message come from comes from, um, this message is part of a series called the fruit of the Spirit, God within us, and it's all about the Holy Spirit and how it grows fruit in us. So this week you finished the series and taught about walking in the Spirit. And so if you're listening to the podcast and you want to watch that sermon, we'll put the link in the show notes for you. But Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to prepare the last sermon for a sermon series? Um like I said, this was the last week of of this series and and how how do you finish a series when you talked week after week about the same thing?
1: well, you know for um for a preacher, a series on the fruit of the spirit is like a dream because it's a list of words and so each week you're just kind of you're picking one of these fruit and you're you're saying all right well what what does the Bible say about that right and so it's kind of the whole Bible you can go to for, and we have we with different whether we're talking about patience or, or gentleness we we kind of have been all over the scriptures, but I was coming to the end of this and I, and I had this feeling that you know we've not really stepped back to deal with the whole chapter chapter five of the book of Galatians where the fruit of the spirit comes from we hadn't really dealt with Paul's whole argument, and I and so I just I kind of wanted to wrestle with that. Uh, and what what are all the verses leading up to the fruit of the spirit? That famous verse. But what are all the verses leading up to that actually saying? And because it it actually has some really interesting implications for how we think about the Holy Spirit.
0: So in a lot of ways, like Rogue One is the backstory to the New Hope. You gave us the backstory to this whole series right at the end, after weeks of going through the fruit of the spirit. See, that's, so
1: they're they're gonna think we planned that, but that's pretty awesome. That's I we'll, we'll have to, to talk. Me. We'll have to talk about that more on our other. Uh, podcasts tell us more about Star Wars yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be that'd be a boring podcast yeah. <laughs> so um, you talked about how each week it was easy to pick you know one of those fruit of the spirits and talk about those things um, what was the unique challenge that this week brought since you didn't take just one of those fruit of the spirit you rather took the topic of the Holy Spirit in general
1: well you know um, Oftentimes, with the Bible, we, we have a verse and and we kind of read it and we we think it's you know it has a meaning in and of itself. But then when we put it back in its bigger context, uh, sometimes that meaning is challenged, the meaning we thought it it had. Or other times, that meaning is well, it's just kind of amplified. And I actually, as this week, uh, this last week, as I sat in Galatians five, I think it actually this one has an amplifying effect on how we think about the fruit of the spirit. You know, there's this there's this big argument in Galatians that Paul is making kind of over and against religious people uh, and and in Paul's day there was this big conflict in the church and and you know you had these religious um, Jews who, uh, had become followers of Jesus. Right? Many of them, many of the early Christians, were Pharisees who, who after Jesus' resurrection, and, and he, they actually decided to become Christians and follow him. But they didn't know what to do with all their old religious practices. Then, on the other hand, you've got all of these non-religious, like like irreligious people uh, and Gentiles who are c- becoming Christians, and they don't even have the foggiest clue what the first religious thing in the world would look like for them to do right and you've got all these people in the church together and they're all looking to paul to tell them what what do we do what do we do with all this these rules and this religious stuff and there's this real conflict and and that's the background to galatians and the whole letter is dealing with that tension
0: wow that's super interesting so then how does the holy spirit answer that argument or flushes out that argument
1: well so you know this is, part, this is really behind so many of the letters in the New Testament. You know, there really was this question in the day, is, is the Jesus movement just Judaism 2.0, right? Is it, is it just more of the same uh, law and ritual and practice now with some Jesus sprinkled onto it, or was this a brand new thing? And, uh, of course, the answer to that is that it was a brand new thing. But Paul was trying to help uh, these religious people turn that corner and, and, and make that change. You can kind of imagine, like, one of the big issues, and there were a couple big ones, but one of the big issues was around circumcision. And if you know anything about the Jewish law and, and kind of the covenant of Abraham, circumcision was a big deal. But, you know, Caesar, you and I are Gentiles. We didn't grow up Jewish. And so imagine if, as... You know, uh, me, a 45-year-old man, you in you your late 20s, you, you decide, hey, I want to become a Jesus follower, and you show up to church, and you go through the membership class, and then they tell you, hey, uh, as soon as the membership class is over, there's a little surgery you got to do. You know? <laughs> I, I'm not sure we, how many men would be joining them, but that was, that was part of what was going on, um, and, and Paul is saying, look, it's really not about these rules. It's not about the law. It's not about the customs. It's about this brand-new thing that God is doing and he's doing it through a relationship with his Holy Spirit.
0: So do you imagine that the fruit of the Spirit is a nicer alternative to some of the circumcision kind of proponents or other religious kind of activities that people were really fighting for? Do you feel like this was a gift to those um, those Gentiles who are now part of the Jesus movement? Is, is the fruit of the Spirit just a kind of nice door number two for those people?
1: Well, you know, I, I think it's I think that's a great question. I think we have to step back for a minute and say, you know, on Sunday I was trying to contrast. I wasn't. Paul. Paul is contrasting these two things: life lived under the law and then life lived in the spirit. And, you know, you might be tempted to think, well, if it, it was the law bad, was the law just if if it really did? And of course, Paul's answer is no. The law was good. Uh, God gave us the law, but the law, the the what the law produced, the fruit of the law was that we felt guilty and we felt ashamed because we didn't measure up. And the fruit of the law just kind of causes us to compare. It causes us to judge. It wasn't, the law didn't produce the kind of fruit that God wanted to produce. And so then when we get to Galatians 5 and Paul says, look, if you do life in the Spirit, it produces the kind of stuff that God really wants to, to produce in us, love and joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of living in the Spirit, which is really where God wanted to get us to in the first place.
0: So with this, this Holy Spirit that helps us do the law, but in a new way that doesn't require us to do all of the religious activity, um, what does that mean for those of us who didn't grow up with you know, religious laws like they did back in the day? Do we um, do we have our own religious laws that we've made up for ourselves? That this um, passage in Galatians speaks to us today, even.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's so funny. De- depending on what kind of context you grew up in, and, and Caesar, I know you, you you grew up in in the church, and and um, you know I didn't. I, I was kind of a late comer to to church, but sometimes I'll hear. Um, about different people's experience at church, and and sometimes there were just these funny rules, like there there were just things that that you never did, right? Like I I uh, have a friend who they had a, a Bible in the house and um, you never put another book on top of the Bible, right? (laughs) I don't know what happens if you did, but like there was this rule, you know, and he said, he said, I never understood it. You know, we, we treated the Bible such reverence. And then he said, he said, now the funny thing was we never actually opened the Bible, (laughs) but we never put anything on top of it. Just, you know, we were trying to, and, and so what can happen to us, I think, is we can, we can end up with these kind of rules or things that are really empty. They don't really, Lead us anywhere good, right? Um, on the other hand, look, I, I think there's there's an important thing to recognize in the power of habit and, and routine. You know, is is reading the scriptures a good thing for a, a Christian or somebody who wants to follow Jesus? Is that a good thing for them to do? Yeah, of course, of course. But if I'm if I'm coming to reading the scriptures as something I have to do to get God to love me. Or, or some kind of good thing I have to do to sp- score spiritual, religious, brownie points, then it's probably not going to have the kind of fruit that it could have if I was coming to it out of uh, a desire to walk with the Spirit. Say, you know, God, I really want to hear from you today. I really want to, I really want to walk with you today.
0: That's really interesting. So, for for yourself, when you approach the scripture that you're going to preach on. And with this being Galatians and talking about walking in the Spirit, what were some of the, the things that you felt like you needed to um, relearn or rehash again? Um, because it's probably not the first time, I mean, yeah, it's probably wasn't the first time you, you preached on the fruit of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. So, what was the, the thing that you had to feel like you had to review or, or hash out again um, as you were preparing for this week?
1: See, that's such a great question. I, I think there were two things that stood out to me. And, and by the way, to the listeners, if you've never done this, uh, I, I think one of the best things you can do with a book like Galatians, it's not all that long, but is to sit down and read the entire letter in one sitting. It's really, it, it's just a different kind of approach to Bible reading for a lot of us. Uh, and I actually did that in preparation for this series and before we even did week one, I kind of knew that I wanted to come back to this topic on the last week of the series, Uh, because there are two things I think stood out to me most. The first was, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit in the church, usually we're talking about it because we're disagreeing about, you know, speaking in tongues or, or churches that have the Spirit, or don't have the Spirit, or we'll say that was Spirit-filled worship, or that wasn't, and 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 yet Paul doesn't really engage in any of that. <laughs> he seems to say that the Spirit's purpose really, really, really truly is to form Jesus in us. That's what we should be focusing on when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Not that we can't talk about those other things. We, we can, and, and the Scriptures, but in Galatians, those weren't even part of Paul's concerns. So that was striking to me. Um, But the second thing is that all of this fruit of the Spirit is not about me becoming a better person. All of the fruit of the Spirit is about me being able to better love you and better love my neighbor. That is what all of chapter 5 is about. These, These famous words, Paul says, it is for freedom that you have been set free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature, but rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's the whole purpose of the letter. Remember those two groups: the religious and irreligious. He's trying to get them to love one another, and it's the spirit that's going to help them do that.
0: So, what was the answer for those people back in the day? For those of um, for for the Gentiles, how how are they supposed to love their their Jewish? brothers and sisters? And how, how are the Jewish brothers and sisters supposed to love the Gentile brother and sister back? Well,
1: it's actually one of my favorite uh, storylines in the New Testament. It takes us out of Galatians. To, in order to read this storyline, you have to go to Acts. Um, but in in the book of Acts, it, you got to picture this. You've got James, Jesus' brother, and, and he's the head of the church in Jerusalem. Lots of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, right? And then uh, and he, that's kind of the hub, that's the epicenter of the movement at that time. And then out in the West, you've got Paul and Barnabas and they're out there and there are Gentiles who are becoming Christians, right? And, uh, and, and we see stories of this in Acts, uh, the Holy Spirit coming on these Gentiles. And suddenly there's this conflict. And so <laughs> one day Paul travels back to Jerusalem to go meet with James and everybody to answer this question what do we do about this tension between the Jews and the Gentiles? And so everybody's talking and debating, and there's a side that said, well, we need all the Gentiles to get circumcised. They need to follow all the Jewish laws. And then you got the other side saying, we need to throw out all the Jewish laws. And then finally, at the end of this meeting, James, and remember, this is Jesus' brother, James stands up and he says, all right, I've heard everybody. Here's my verdict. And he says, it seems good to me that we should embrace these Gentiles. But, or rather, and, for the sake of our Jewish brothers and sisters who are trying to follow Jesus, can we ask the Jewish believers to do four things? They don't really make them more righteous, but this will just help the Jewish Christians not freak out so much. <laughs> and four
0: things? Four things. You
1: go and read about it. It's a four things. He says, look, um, stay away from food sacrificed to idols, you know. It's not really a thing. Jesus declared all foods clean, but you know, Jewish people get, get they kinda get worked up over this food issue and so okay, fine. So let's let's be sensitive there. Uh and, and let's let's avoid sexual immorality. That's probably a pretty good thing. That's actually that's something that, that Jewish people um, were hyper critical of Gentile culture. They they saw the Gentile culture as just Super promiscuous, and so that was one of their hot button issues. So James just walks through these things. He says, "Look, the purpose is for us to learn how to get along. So how do we create space for one another? How, how do I make allowance for you? If there's something that's not an issue for me, but it really trips you up, then one of the ways I love you is about not crea- not creating an issue over that. Right? I try to I try to create space for you." I try to accommodate that, and you do that for me. And so, really, what Paul was calling the the Jews and the Gentiles was
0: how, how do how do we love one another well? When I when I think of walking in the Spirit, I think of you know some kind of spiritual practices or religious practices. I don't really think of it as a a practical day to day experience. Walking in the Spirit, is something that I do only on Sundays yeah. as I'm at church, you know, walking around and greeting people or, or praying. So Paul seems to seems to think of walking in the spirit as 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 way more to do with your day to day life. Um, so, so as a pastor, carrying that into your sermon, um, what do you think are some of those those day to day opportunities for us to walk in the spirit look like?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, for me as a husband, as a dad, um, uh, I have I have. Hourly, if not minutely, moments where I get to call upon the Spirit's help, right? Um, it, literally, in every human interaction, there's a way for me to be w- keeping in step with the Spirit. That is, I, I'm I'm loving that other person well, right? Uh, I'm not being a doormat, by the way, right? That's we talked about that when we talked about gentleness. It's not I'm just, but rather I'm I'm always choosing kind of an other-centered approach uh, that's fulfilling jesus big command love god and love your neighbor i mean that's what we're supposed to be doing and so um i think very practically it's asking for the spirit's help every moment of my day to love my neighbor well it, whether that neighbor is my my wife or or my kids or my literal physical neighbor or a co-worker or someone in the grocery store somebody who cuts me off on new 16 wh- whatever it is right that's the person that i have the opportunity in that moment to keep in step with the
0: Spirit. So is, walk, is keeping in step in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, um, does that translate to how we say um, this is a Christian thing to do or a Christian thing to say? I think a lot of us have that language in our head of this is what Christians do or this is what Christians say. Um, but we don't talk about this is how the Spirit, people who walk in the Spirit do, people who walk in the Spirit say. What kind of... What kind of lines are there between those two ideas of of it being something that the holy spirit is inviting you to do versus what you might think christians are supposed to do yeah well, where does that line exist i guess in our in our day today or in our in our lives today
1: i love that question sees i think it's you know there's this sense for a non-christian many of my non-christian friends will talk about this uh, i've heard people less who who are spiritual explorers talk about this? They say, "Look, I know that I'm supposed to be a better person, and I've tried and tried and tried, and I'm just not. You know, therefore, Christianity must not be for me. Mm-hmm. And and what I always want to tell those people is, look, none of us are good people on our own. And what what a non-Christian needs to know is that Christians they they actually have some extra help, <laughs> whether they realize it or not." And that's the Holy Spirit in us. The the promise of the Scriptures is that when we become a Christian, when we decide to follow Jesus, we put our faith and trust in Him, the Spirit comes and makes His home in us. But uh, the Spirit does not override our will. The Spirit does not override our conscience. But the Spirit gently whispers and speaks and guides. And there's a kind of help that's available to us, but we have to choose it. Um, now, Christians aren't the only ones who talk about this. Uh, in fact, I tried to allude to this a little bit in the sermon, but um, you know, 12-steppers talk about a higher power. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's kind of tapping into the same principle here. Now, Christians believe that that higher power is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. But that idea that we really can't do this life on our own power, that we all need some helps, that, that idea uh, exists around the whole world. It just so happens that Jesus said, my spirit is to be that higher power for you, and he's available to you if you'll if you'll take him up on it.
0: But what for you, um, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, what does it look like for you to tap into the Holy Spirit um, that maybe gives us an option or something to also do as we, we try to tap into the Holy Spirit as well?
1: Um, that's a great question, I I think for me, especially, uh, during this this covid 19 season this has been a real a real struggle um, and, and it's required me to dig dig deep again in fact I was talking with some friends from our church just this last week and and uh, you know a lot of us at least all of us in the room when we were talking uh, are dealing with this anxiety and this stress and and just a lot of I mean honestly a lot of fear right fear about uh, the unknown, fear about the future and, and everything's uh, in upheaval. And so one of the things I've been trying to do is practice these moments of prayer throughout the day where I just stop and I I cause myself to become aware of God's spirit with me. And that might sound a little fancy or, or you know, some secret mojo. It's not. I literally just try to find a quiet space in a hallway or in a room and I stop. And I close my eyes and say, God, help me to become aware of you with me, and God, help me to have the courage and love I need to be generous towards others around me. Because honestly, what's happening to me in this season with all that stress and fears, I'm getting a little crusty, uh, to borrow a phrase from my friend Mike Moses, uh, and, and that crustiness causes me to be abrasive or, or, or harsh, impatient with others around me, and, and, and I don't want to be that way. That's not the kind of fruit that the Spirit wants to produce in me. So I take those moments throughout the day to just stop. And and sometimes, um, I, I know this will, I don't mean this to sound crazy, but sometimes in those moments I have a real sense, uh, almost an emotional, spiritual sense of God kind of holding those troubles with me. Mm. And um, I have, uh, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes I will have a sense of peace or centeredness kind of come over me in those moments. And I thank God for that. I, he doesn't always do that in each of those moments, but I, I'm learning in this season how to rely on the Spirit to help me to love people and to not not be crusty or fearful. Mm.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. I think that's helpful for those of us who, who like I said, hear walking in the Spirit and they think they can only do it at church or with their Bibles open um, or, in, or in serious prayer. It's, it's really reassuring to know that you can just stop in the middle of what you're doing or in the middle of your day, at some point, and and just ask the Holy Spirit to be with you, um, which is which is really reassuring for those of us who who are always on the go, who always have something coming up, and maybe the the while the opportunity might always be there, we're we're tapping into other things to get us through the day and to get us through those different moments of, of stress or anxiety and difficulty. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, for those of us who um, want to know more about other resources that we can look into maybe there's books that talk about this or particular articles that you know of people who've written on these kind of things tell us more about some resources that we can go to to learn more about what it means to walk in the spirit
1: well um maybe you can put this in the notes but there there's actually a book i read just about four months ago written by a a guy in raleigh um, called the common rule and the rule, the word "rule" doesn't mean like to rule over, but it comes from the same word where we get "ruler," like a like a r- ruler you'd use in a math class. It, it mm-hmm. gives structure and order. And um, I love it. He's he's picking up on this ancient Christian tradition of kind of these rhythms that we have in our lives. And I mentioned some of those that I'm I'm trying to live by. But his his book is called The Common Rule, and he suggests four daily practices and four weekly practices that help you. St- keep in step with the spirit. I highly recommend it. He's super funny. It's very accessible. The common rule, super fun for anybody who really just wants to nerd out and go a little bit deeper. But what I would say to everyone is um, find a time this week to sit down and read the book of Galatians in one sitting and ask God to show you what he might be inviting you to.
0: Well, thanks for telling us more about your sermon and even some things that we can about this week as we try to apply the sermon and make it real in our lives we really appreciate that
1: well thanks for having me see this is a lot of fun uh, i am looking forward to doing this more and and, and seeing where uh Uh, the Tell Us More podcast goes and uh, hopefully they won't shut us down if we talk about Star Wars too much.
0: Yeah, I think as long as we don't put the theme song in there, it won't get taken down.
1: We're safe, we're We're safe, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thanks Aaron, and that's our time with the first episode of the Tell Us More podcast. where We're looking at the sermon every week and asking the speaker to tell us more about how they got there in their sermon and how they feel like we can take that and apply it in the rest of our week. Well, thanks, Aaron Gibson, and thanks for those of you who are listening to the podcast. Join us next week as we continue to ask our pastors and our speakers to tell us more about the message. Have a great week.